2: Money Monday on The Answer. Always good to catch up with Josh Pick. Saw him Friday, and he'll be back in the studio on Friday for another edition of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. That airs Friday night at 7 and Saturday at noon. It re-airs. You can join Josh and I, as you are right now, for the 1235 Money Monday segment. And Josh and the Aptus team offer you a free consultation to work toward your retirement if you're nervous about the markets, the volatility out there. And you wonder what it means for your investments and growing your investments. That's what they specialize in at Aptus Financial Independence later on in life. That free consultation has absolutely no obligation at all. So you can set it up by calling their office 614-917-1040 or you can make your appointment online. Their website is a aptiswealth, p t u s aptuswealth.com. And Josh, when we talked Friday, uh, we discussed the downgrade of the U.S. credit rating from AAA to AA+, which is still really good. It's like downgrading uh, somebody's uh, letter grade from A to A- minus or A-plus to A. But it still had, it looks to me like, a debilitating impact on the stock market because it didn't seem to me like the market had a very good week at all. Am I just uh, relating two things that aren't related or do you think that Fitch rating uh, may have had some role in the market having a tough week
1: well i don't know that it was the role but it, everything plays a part right and if we look at last week the dow fell you know over a percent the, the s&p shed over 2% and it ended up being the worst week since march in the markets even the you know the treasured NASDAQ that's done so well year-to-date uh, shed 3%. And we could correlate that maybe to the you know the, the decline or the uh, downgrade of the U.S. credit rating, or we could point towards other things like um, you know, the Fed did, in fact, raise interest rates, and you have something called a risk-free rate of return that institutional investors are always looking for. And if, the easiest way I can explain this is I've had several clients come into my office over the last couple of weeks and say, you know, why am I playing around with the stock market? That's obviously incredibly volatile when I can just go to the bank and get a CD paying 5% or Mm -hmm. 4.5% or something to that effect. And that correlation, whether they know it or not when they're saying that, is something called the risk premium or risk-free rate of return, meaning the stock market better return a heck of a lot better than what I can get with no risk if I'm going to ride this crazy roller coaster, right? Yeah. And the higher the rates push, the more difficult it is to achieve that premium. Now, I do caution everybody when that. While I agree, um, particularly if you're saving into a four hundred one k or something like that, remember your job here when you're investing over the long term is to try and acquire shares. And I know this sounds like financial planner gobbledygook, but the reality is, um, if you could pick two scenarios, one being an incredibly flat yet gradually increasing market, or one that has a lot of volatility and then spikes up at the end. If you're saving towards retirement, believe it or not, although it probably causes more anxiety watching the ladder, in almost every scenario you're better off having the ladder. Mm. Um in regards to how much money you acquire, if you think about it, would you rather um buy shares at, you know, $20 a share, 21, 22, 23 just gradually all the way up and then you stop at 30, or would you rather buy all your shares at 20 and then it shoots up to 30? You would rather do the latter.
2: Sure.
1: But it can be a very uh difficult proposition when that thing's bouncing around
2: so did you say that the higher the fed raises interest rates which they do that in an effort to get inflation under control and they just did it again that the higher they raise interest rates the uh lower your uh what do you say risk-free rate of return is
1: yeah essentially what you do is you compare what you at least forecast the market is going to return versus what you can get on a guaranteed basis so if you believe that the market's only going to return 6 or 7% with a tremendous amount of volatility over the next 10 years but you believe that you can get 5 or 6% out of guaranteed fixed safe things well then are you willing to risk that money for that slightly additional premium and for many the answer will be no particularly institutional investors pension funds etc sure. um, if they can shift more money into guaranteed they will now that said this week's going to be a very chaotic week uh, in on top of that, which is why some of the more active traders might be doing this on a temporary basis, because we have, I believe, 32 companies this week issuing their earnings, uh, you know, companies like Disney, et cetera. So that could have a – if their earnings come in worse than expected, in the short run, that could have a very tumultuous effect on – the whole S&P 500. These are some pretty significant companies.
2: Josh Pick is our guest. Aptus Wealth Management is Josh's firm. It's located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750 and not far from the 23270 interchange. They offer you a free consultation by calling their office and making an appointment. 614-917-1040 is their number, and their website is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, com. So when you were floating the fir- the term uh, risk-free rate of return, the first thing I anticipated was that this is going to be a really small return because I didn't expect you to say 5% because it seems to me like the only people who'd be really interested in that if you're building toward retirement would not be like an individual person unless that person is super, super wealthy and they're really on the edge of retirement and they just want to bank their money and get you know a 2 or a 3% return. Is the reason why it's five percent? Is that go back to that thing we've talked about on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show a lot? That whole inverted yield curve, where the shorter period of time you commit your money to somebody, the high, you're getting a higher return than if you commit it to them long term. Are those two tied together?
1: Um, well, I don't know that they're directly tied together, but that's absolutely true. So if you look at things like uh, CDs, you know, you get a one year CD right now paying somewhere around five percent, either plus or minus a few. Um, but you're right. If you look out at a 10-year CD, you can only get four. So people aren't locking up their money for a really long period of time. But again, remember the people who are doing this, that are saying, I'm shifting out of stocks into fixed, are typically active traders, large institutions, who have a specific purpose in mind for the money. So this does not necessarily mean that they're trying to maximize the money. But if you were, let's say, a pension fund, which controls a lot of money in the United States, And you said, well, we have all these obligations that we need to make sure we have funds to pay for. Well, they have to be a little bit more conservative than, let's say, a 25-year-old investor. So it's important, you know, when we always talk about these things, what do I do with this information? And I think there's two things you can do with it. Number one, if you're young, it's simply static. Keep on repeating, rinse, repeat, and saving and saving and saving. That said, if you have a savings account rather than a retirement account and you're not earning at least 4% out of it, you should be, mm-hmm. and certainly call our office and we'll tell you how. However, if you're um, in you know, that kind of retirement red zone, you're within five or ten years of retirement, and you're saying, I'm trying to lock in, uh, this money isn't just for my net worth, but I'm trying to lock in ways to generate income. Well, then I think what you need to do is a couple of things. Um, you could start locking in some really uh, attractive fixed rates for the future for that income uh, generation pool. Or, uh, you know, I would look ahead to tremendous buying opportunities if if that risk-free rate of return continues to climb and it continues to affect the market. Or if this week earnings reports are less than favorable and some stocks retract dramatically, um, you know, that's where companies like us come in and start buying up some more attractive uh, uh, let's say, price-to-earnings ratios are some, some companies that are great companies that look a lot less expensive than they did even a few weeks ago.
2: Josh Pick is our guest. He's with Aptus Wealth Management in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040. To get your free consultation with Josh and the Aptus team or make your appointment online at AptusWealth, A-P-T-U-S, com. We will get an updated inflation number this week. And uh, there were times a year or so ago, maybe even a little bit more than that, where the inflation number really impacted the stock market. The inflation number is still down, but it's still not at 2% where they want it. Uh, Would you expect the announcement of the inflation number this week to have uh, the same kind of impact on the market that perhaps that downgrade from Fitch did in the U.S.'s credit rating?
1: Well, you know, we've been pretty aggressive about raising interest rates, and it seems that uh, that has had a positive impact on inflation, and inflation continues to climb down. If you remember, you know, not that long ago, Bruce, you and I were talking about uh, you know, is n- mid 9% inflation a real number? Are we really sitting up in the teens? And now, just as of recently, we were talking about inflation, I believe, all the way down to 3.6%. So I think inflation will continue to uh, slowly climb down from here. And the Fed's been very hawkish about continuing to raise interest rates, which I think is more concerning than the more recent interest rate rise. And what, you know, the inflation number comes out at this time is obviously important, But the real question will be just how many more times is the Fed willing to raise interest rates to get that down to 2%? Is that an idealistic number or is that a number that they're really, really shooting for? that could have a uh, much more tumultuous effect on the market if they continue to rise interest rates moving forward.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, catch Josh and I on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show Friday night at 7 p.m. It replays Saturdays at noon. And set up that free consultation with Josh and the Aptus team. It's very easy to do. 614-917-1040. Their web address is AptisWealth, A-P-T-U-S, 614-917-1040. Josh, thanks for the time today. We'll see you on Friday in the studio.
1: Thanks, Bruce. Always a pleasure.
2: My thanks to Josh Pick. Catch the this Retirement Blueprint radio show every Friday, 7 p.m. And we replay it Saturday at noon for you. Ohio State Fair wrapped up yesterday uh, with the sale of champions, which brought in almost $550,000. The grand champion hog brought in more than the grand champion uh, beef, which I like bacon, but I'll take... uh, a good burger over bacon any old day. I mean, of course, a bacon burger, now we're talking. But it would be expensive if you took the Grand Champion Market Beef and the Grand Champion Market Hog and made a bacon burger out of it. Joe Biden's inflation is uh, high, but I don't think you'd have to spend quite as much as the hundred grand the Grand Champion Hog brought or the eighty grand the Grand Champion Beef brought. Uh, the Grand Champion Chickens, $40,000. And turkey, 45,000. So if chickens have an inferiority complex compared to turkeys, uh, that didn't get any better, as the grand champion turkey brought 5,000 more than the grand champion chickens. Uh, The market goat. Now, this one is a head scratcher for me. What can you do with a grand champion goat? Goat cheese? Do people eat goat? I suppose there are places where people eat goat. That's not a delicacy here, is it? Uh, Not on my menu, I will say that. And the Grand Champion Market Lamb, which, I don't know if I've ever had lamb chops. There are people who love them. Lamb chops from the Grand Champion Market Lamb, that'll rock you $33,000. But good for the kids. Uh, We had uh, Bailey Amstutz from Union County. She had the Grand Champion Market Lamb. Uh, Maria Henderson, Logan County, had the Grand Champion Turkey or Grand Champion Hog. Came from Allen County, and the grand champion uh, market beef uh, came from Holden LeVan in Champaign County over by Urbana. So all those are in our listening area. So congratulations to all those kids. Now, we also had the Ohio State graduation on Sunday, and there was uh, quite a heartwarming personal interest story there. A woman named Olivia Burnett gained her diploma. What is noteworthy about Olivia Burnett is that she was a student at Ohio State In 1973, and had to drop out because she had uh, some kind of a medical issue that required surgery, and then she took a job to provide for her family. Since then, she has had five children who gave her 22 grandchildren, who in like manner gave her 22 great-grandchildren. And she returned to Ohio State and obtained her degree, and she received it. Yesterday, uh, in Child and Youth Studies from the College of Education and Human Ecology, I'm just going to say that I hope 80-year-old Olivia Burnett, if she puts her degree in uh, Child and Youth Studies from the College of Education to work now, I hope she refers a lot more to what she would have learned as an Ohio State student in 1973 and not much at all to what she would have learned over the last few years when she completed her degree studies. But that is a neat story and uh, a testament to uh, stick-to-itiveness and uh, an awesome, awesome thing. So good for you, Olivia Bernan. Now, speaking of education, uh, last week I brought you the details of the deplorable academic record of students at LeBron James's I Promise School. You remember when the I Promise School opened, right? Too much fanfare. LeBron showed up in a way-too-tight-fitting suit that he could barely button. That's the style these days. And he talked about dreaming big and refusing to take no for an answer. Didn't talk much about studying hard. Didn't talk much about great disciplinary habits in academics, which might explain why not a single kid who graduated did so having reached proficiency in math, and very few of them did, in English. And people have been puzzled. How could this school fail? It has pretty murals on the wall, and it has people who give them breakfast and lunch and affirm them and hug them and love them. They're not learning anything. This was going to be, this school was going to be the panacea for underperforming students in Akron. And everybody wanted to be in and benefit from this new, fantastic fail-safe way of educating students in Akron, Ohio. Well, there's a column today on the Federalist website from a person by the name of August Merritt. Interesting. Merritt is spelled M-E-Y-R-A-T. Maybe it's Mayrat. But it's interesting that a guy with a name that sounds like Merritt would talk about what's lacking in the I Promise School from, he says, his experience teaching high school English. He says, I've discovered through that experience that education works a bit like the economy. The smart get much smarter, the average progress steadily, and the weaker students either stay the same or become even worse. Smart kids are put in an advanced track and are usually given more latitude in behavioral and academic expectations. And kids in the middle are put on a regular track and usually held to a relatively low standard. What about the below-average kids? Well, they're usually placed in the regular track despite being significantly behind their peers. These students would benefit from a remedial track that meets their needs, but the advocates of equity criticize this as a form of discrimination that denies students an equal opportunity for academic success. And we wouldn't want to make anybody feel bad about their inability to keep up in class, would we? Now back to uh, the editorial. He says, so the... Kids on the low end tend to get into trouble and fail their classes more frequently because the instruction goes over their heads. And over the years, this problem compounds. And by the time the students reach high school, they are multiple years behind their peers. Evidently, LeBron James and the people running the I Promise School thought more money, encouragement, and media attention could fix this problem. They assumed the leftist premise that low-performing kids are the victims of systemic injustices and could easily succeed if those obstacles were removed. However, turns out this hardly moved the needle. While circumstances affect a student's success, their habits, values, and motivation play a much larger role. I promise, and the slew of charter schools like it, demonstrate that there is no shortcut to fixing failure. Great students are the result of many years of sustained effort from excellent teachers, not a few positive affirmations and pats on the back from a well-meaning mentor. He says, would-be humanitarians like LeBron James need to realize that nothing short of a Herculean effort is necessary to achieve long-lasting reform. This may be discouraging, particularly if one hopes for a quick fix and immediate payoff. But it also suggests improvement is at least possible if teachers and students are willing to make the commitment. Yeah, LeBron James has visited the I Promise School on average twice a year. If you are counting on his looming presence over the school to guarantee the success of low-performing students, then you are sorely mistaken. Because his level of detachment from the school sends a clear message that he's in it for the victory lap that he took when it started, and the occasional, updated, glowing news report, like the one we played for you five years after the school founded, from NBC News. But until a month or so ago, nobody really dug into the numbers to find out that while the I Promise School looked a whole lot different cosmetically from other schools, academically, unfortunately, for those who attended, it looked far too much like all the others.